breached the Black Helpline. The revolution will not be televised. Hi everybody, welcome to the Black Helpline. I am Tricky Mickey. And I'm Malcontent. I'm Big Germ. Today's topic is tolerance. Or lack thereof sometimes. Lack thereof sometimes. It was brought to my attention today that I uh, was not tolerant in the last episode. And so we're going to address that and I'm going to throw out my apologies for my behavior. I'm normally a fairly tolerant person, not always, but fairly tolerant, and I owe my co-host a bit of an apology for stomping on his words and being disrespectful. So for that, I apologize. Well, no apology needed, Tricky, because everyone has their opinion, and opinions have to count. When opinions count, everybody gets a say. When everybody gets a say, we all actually understand each other a little bit more, and tolerance is very, very important. So apologies are unaccepted. Understanding and tolerance is needed for all of us, here and there. So let's talk about that a little bit more. You had, we had decided, well, you had sent this in as a topic for us to discuss based upon a conversation you were having with somebody earlier today, plus our interaction of last episode. So let's go a little bit further in, in the things that you were discussing before we came on the air. Well, in, a, in another, in another group, not so, not so different than this one that we have right here, we were talking about the tolerance of people in the black community, you know, and the polarization of, of um, you know, what has happened to us in this, in this last political, you know, um, well, for one, the political atmosphere that we're in not only affects, um, you know, blacks and other minority groups and uh, against whites and et cetera, et cetera, but it also affects us as a whole inside. And often we get separated from our beliefs and from our understanding of each other because of this polarization. And I think it's something that we all overlook, you know, because of our daily lives, it doesn't affect us directly until it does. And if we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be calling people out of their names because of anger, we need to often understand why that even happened, you know, and if people really want to change it, they need to understand the things that caused and triggered that behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think that when people often get um, triggered from, you know, from soft polarization. We often forget why we were that way in the first place. We often bring things in from other situations that have nothing to do with what's right in front of us. Right. <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you think you might bring to a conversation that might have you trip over whatever some, somebody else is saying? Well, a big, a, a big one would be the way all three of us have been navigating through life, you know, being a part of, say, the subculture, being, you know, one of a handful of minority, you know, inputs in that subculture where people don't understand our backgrounds. They don't understand why we got there, how we got there, what are we doing there, being the only person of color in a bar, you know, this or that, being the only person of color in your neighborhood sometimes who owns a car. So when we're talking about subculture, perhaps we should actually explain what we mean by the subculture. I, for all intents and purposes, I identify with kind of a punk rock alternative life. Ditto. That is, punk rock saved my life, I believe. Ditto. Malcontent has said the same thing, and Big Germ has as well. 100%. So if it wasn't for punk rock and kind of the weirdness of of the weirdos <laughs> i don't think i would have ever found all, my that, tribe. all accepting <laughs> so having said that i just i think it's it's 
kind of important to quantify where we're coming from. Part of a subculture. Yep. Part of a subculture. That's one part of us. Right. That's one part other, of us. One other, part. Other parts of us, other experiences that we have. And that tolerance comes from, we got our tolerance, most of our tolerance from that subculture, from being part of that subgroup that accepted us as the outsiders. Because back then and even now, we're still fucking outsiders. You know, I don't want to be part of the crowd. I want to be I want to be someone spots down the street, just like you, just like you, you know. But a lot of a lot of the times in our own communities, we are still and always will be outsiders just because of the way we think and the things we've done to get to where we are. And I'm quite OK with that. Quite uh, so am I. <laughs> I am. But, you know, we have to play the game. You have to play the game, especially if you want to go to those family gatherings and yeah. have it be. No, I'm talking about. You know, work. <laughs> well, of course, the work. Yeah. Especially you gotta, work. You got to play the game. You know, even if you own your own business, you still have to play by the rules. Well, you have to privy to certain rules that were there, that were set there in place before you even had the opportunity to have to play that game. Yeah. You know? So when do you, when do you find yourself in a position where you can actually break some rules? That's a that's a tough one because rule breaking ain't for us. First of all, <laughs> Christmas party, um, um, the last day of work, um, swimming pool, uh, I don't know, funeral repast. There's not a lot of places where you can just kind of Wedding step reception. out of the box. Family is one of them. Family is always one of them where you can just still be yourself and break those rules. But the status quo always goes back to the people that helped us, remind us, and and instill in us that we are individuals and we are accepted by that group of people first. You know, even before our families accepted the fact that we were different. You know, never, never, never in mine. Yours never. always no, in mine. Never. Always no. in mind. But also, again, I was adopted by two white people back in the 60s, so they were already extremely progressive. Yeah, but think about a, a guy like me who had red hair, had earrings, you know, when he was 14 years old. Everybody in my neighborhood, everybody in my family thought I was homosexual because they didn't understand that creativity did not mean that you were going to come out and be wearing a dress. Yes, I've worn dresses, but it has nothing to do with my sexuality, you know, nothing at all. Was I just like to sew. Velvet red? It wasn't velvet. It was green, actually. Green. And I did make a velvet one once. Wizard of Oz theme at Berlin. I'm talking about your hair, bro. It was red. Oof. Like my soul. I thought that was black. <laughs> red, black, and green. Oh, nice. Nice segue, big charm. <laughs> yeah, when I first pierced my nose, my mom cried. I thought, you got to fucking be kidding me. Come on now. I used to, hide, I used to have to hide my earring. From my mother, you know, I once pretended that I cut my ear playing basketball, and that's why I have the bandaid on it for like a week and a half at a time. That some bitch came off right. I was on my way to the subway station, though. But the tolerance wasn't there. The tolerance for un- misunderstanding wasn't there. And I think a lot of people still to this day don't understand the world that we live in right now, and a lot of our own immediate peer group do not understand that. You know, they see difference in differences. It's frightening, especially right now in this polarization that we're in. Our peer group being other blacks? Yes, yes. Okay. When I I see immediate peer group, that's what I mean. You know, the folk that look like us, you know. And sometimes when they look like us, they ain't like us, though. 
you know, and a lot of people I know still struggle with that, you know, trying to be accepted by that peer group. You know, I want to be accepted by Would my you say family. That's, that's more a Minnesota thing than I think, say I, like a Chicago no. thing or New York thing. I, no. I, I've seen it everywhere in this country. Everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. You I've know? lived in many major cities in this United States, and I've seen it everywhere. And it's even more prevalent in bigger cities like Chicago and New York. You know, where people are more segregated, socially segregated, you know, because of, you know, they want to protect themselves. I get that part. But the part I don't get is that this, if you're going to have this acceptance part, then we need to learn to accept all. You know, and you don't see that a lot of the times, you know, go to an Afro punk fest sometimes and you'll <laughs> see what I'm talking about. Trust I've, me, I've I went. Seen, yeah, I've seen the videos. I've never gone to one. I've always been fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. I was like. If something like that existed, say like 1986, <laughs> would that be just incredible? Yeah. Well, I want to make a T-shirt for the next one I go to say, "Thank me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Afropunk elder." <laughs> well, ain't that the truth? I remember back way back when when I was doing a um, new music seminar, and I really, really wanted to get in touch with the the Afropunk movement, which was just really beginning. And so I got in touch with them, and they said, well, there's only like three bands right now which are part of the Afropunk <laughs> scene, well, no. which was mean, Back in the mid-'80s, too. No, yeah. I, no, I contacted... Uh, I actually contacted I con- them. I contacted, because we tried to start a uh, Black Rock Coalition chapter in Minneapolis. And so I remember after Living Color played a uh, concert, I talked to, like, uh, Vernon Reed. After, I was like, yeah, you know... You know, he's, he told me who to talk to. Uh, he had me talk to somebody out in, in New York. Um, okay, and uh, then a woman named Conda Mason in San Francisco. You know, and they actually came to Minnesota, and we tried. You know, there was just no Traction, yeah. Tra- I mean, for musicians, you know, right. people that, that pushed it. You know, there are a couple that musicians are still all about themselves, Right, and <laughs> not a coalition. Well, that so, well that lack of so. that lack of embrace. I mean, and the musicians were there, but in order to bridge that gap, and and I may be wrong about this. I was not a musician when I came here. I was in theater, but when you came here and you tried to get into that field, you tried to get into the industry here as a as an unknown. You had to use someone someone who who was your contemporary, a white person, as a bridge. Into that, well, they have to yeah. have an N in the media. No, the person I was thinking of in New York was Greg Tate, mm-hmm. you know, Village Voice, yeah. and all that stuff. So it, yeah, it didn't go anywhere. And then I remember talking to a brother from Two Four Seven Spies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, well, Jimmy Hazel tried his best to bridge that gap yeah, well, and, and make that tolerance he said, available. Fuck it, don't even try. Yeah, and back then he it says wasn't for the rich black man. Well, well, you know, guys like um, Jimmy Hazel of 247 Spies was trying to work on this tolerance bridge in the music industry, but they weren't radio play. So their their contemporaries, in air quotes over here, was in living color, yeah. you know, which we know, me and you, Big Germ, know that there's they, that was like night and day, those two bands, and they still are, yeah. you know. You can't compare... Um, radio play, uh, you know, uh, black versions of Van Halen 
to hardcore street punk from the <laughs> South Bronx. I mean, I you know, I just yeah. did. I, I was really blown away by that. Yeah. You know, there was no leg kicking and no spandex wearing, I suppose, because Jimmy spandex. Hazel, you know, Jimmy Hazel, you know, he was a big belly bass carrying brother that knew how to riff his ass off, but they didn't give him no radio play, you know. No. And you're surprised. I was surprised then because uh, many of us knew that two four seven spies were better than a living color. But like I said, the tolerance level for that kind of music coming from black people, because no one had heard of, of of you know earlier bands that came along like Hate, you know from the late seventies. They never heard brains. of that. You know they didn't want to play that on the radio. So, well, and they didn't play them on the radio unless they were lucky enough to find some play somewhere on some weird college station or the occasional kind of uh, public radio. Yeah. But well, that was it. That was it. That was the only, that was the only tolerating element. A famous white producer. Well, yeah, you know. Rick O'Casey. Oh, Rick O'Casey. God, don't <laughs> even get me that? started on that one. I'm, makes, me, I'm glad I didn't, makes me glad that I didn't go into music. You know, but just things like music, theater, all that stuff, you know, broadcast, anything. When the tolerance level is low, so are the opportunities, you know. And that bridges into our own communities as well. And there's a lot of black people who own a lot of, who are part of a lot of big production companies, things like that, even till this day, that only do that block mentality crap, you know. I mean, I give Tyler Perry credit for what he's doing, but also oh, I take a lot away from him <laughs> for what he's doing. Uh, just for what he's doing, <laughs> give him credit for black men in dresses. Yeah, I, you know he's not doing what we actually need people to see. He's uh, in he, the gross caricatures of black women. Are you fucking yeah. kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and we're still uh, out here. We're still out here doing these damn minstrel shows. You know, so, how many, how many, oh my God, how many brothers at the top <laughs> have played somebody in a fat suit, black woman, fat black woman suit? You know. At the time, we're just guys. shucking and jiving, man. Just you know? shucking and jiving because that's all they want to see a little soft shoe for your balls. Everybody, you know, dances. every one of them dance. Yep, everybody dances. Shit, I, I ain't so dancing on screen. Fucking boring. I barely eat chicken in front of white people. I can't. No, I am not eating it. No, no. You ever <laughs> watch well, next time you eat some chicken, you have some white people look up so. and watch them look at you and then just lick your lips. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't do the chicken, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious but i will say the only time that i ever respected tiger woods because i can't stand him especially with his trump ass licking nonsense is when he won his first masters and somebody had mentioned that he probably can order chicken and watermelon and he did oh, yeah. <laughs> like fuck oh, you yeah. i'm gonna eat yeah, fucking that chicken that and eat watermelon shit. that was like uh fuzzy zeller i think said that crap yeah, whoever, so, whoever, whatever yeah. fucking something nut. swung, something was swinging in a golf club, and I hit me in the head that yeah. said it. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry for my insensitive remarks. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, going. My insensitive remarks. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Anybody got a bottle of fucking tears we can sprinkle on this motherfucker? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm schwitzing tears. <laughs> <laughs> Your tears. No, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people will do whatever it takes to get that attention. Though, you know, maybe that's why we also, well, maybe that's why we're also working class. But people will do whatever it takes to get that attention, though. You know, and that is not a bridge into tolerance. That's just a bridge into like you just going, you just doing what you got to do to feed yourself. I understand, but chances have to be taken with your conscience too. 
Do you feel like we're becoming more intolerant as we age or as times go by or as, God forbid, this administration continues? Well, I think the intolerance goes with the bullshit. You know, I think that my, my level of my personal level of intolerance is 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 pretty long for most people. You know, it really is. As much shit as I do talk, I still give you my last dime with a shirt off my back, you know. But when you come with that stupid shit, especially the people that are come out of the woodworks with this administration that we have, they can get it, you know. They can get a whole earful and, you know, whatever else it takes to get them off my, out of my face and off my back, you know. Yeah, there have been a couple of people who have come out of the woodwork who have really surprised and disappointed the shit out of me Same. in terms of their behaviors. Same. Oh, did you ask who's that? Yes. I'm not going to say names. You. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't know if you were referring to somebody known or not. Oh. No, we wouldn't say it anyway. We just tell them to their face. You know. Okay. Yeah. Just well, like it's like we all do. All do. <laughs> it's just. It's very disheartening when it's somebody that you hold close, who you, you know you knew as a kid, or at least you knew growing up, and all of a sudden they're they're. True colors shine. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. And I've stopped talking like, to some of those people. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, I want to be surrounded by these intelligent people who are open-minded and speak their mind, but God damn it. Why you got to exclude like that? You know, it's it's all about the exclusion that they do. They're jokes. They're little punches just to mm-hmm. see how far they could push you. It's like, I, I had to tell a certain friend, and we all know this friend, I am not that liberal, okay? You need to take it easy with me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cause I will that 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 is my tolerance wall right there. Yeah. When you start throwing people on your bonfire of hate, you know you just can't do that to people. You have to be able to accept that or get out of the community. And this particular person did get out of the community, moved to the damn desert. You know. Okay. Bye. bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> I mean, but we all got relatives and shit, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, we don't I don't. Me, I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them. And I did meet my birth mother, and she's a bit of a bigot and racist. So, you know. Where about she's from? She's from Minnesota. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, which was, yeah. So the, the big one that I always tell is when her and I were having a discussion um, about Martin Luther King. She called me up, and I had just finished watching a whole series of speeches of Martin Luther King, doing some research for a project I was working on. I was crying. She calls me up. She says, oh, honey, what's wrong? And I said, oh, well, I was just listening to Martin Luther King and God, I just love him so much. And what an amazing person, this, that, and the other thing. She pauses on, on the other end of the line and she says, why? And I said, well, what do you mean? Why? Why what? Why do you love him so much? I said, because he's Martin Luther King and because he did a lot of shit for black people and people in general and because he's Martin Luther fucking King. And what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> and she says, well, you know, you weren't alive during the time he was around, but I was alive. He's not a good person. He, you know, uh, he didn't suffer. Slaves uh, suffered, but he didn't suffer. I said, uh, he had his fucking uh, head blown uh, off. How is that not, why, what's wrong? I said, what's wrong with you? I said, what are you talking? I said, what kind of shit are you talking here? And she goes, well, you know, she he cheated on his wife. He came from money. I mean, how is he going to, he's not uh, suffering. He came from money. I said, so, so he came from money. And he wasn't a slave, but I said this. I said this is the most ridiculous so conversation. So she was, she was listening to the wiretaps. I said, yeah, right. I said this is the most ridiculous conversation <laughs> oh I've ever had in my life. I said, I, I have to hang up the phone. I said because I'm going to say some shit that neither one of us is going ever want to hear. 
And so she says, well, but just answer me one question before you hang up. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll answer one question. And she says, why don't you identify with the white side of you? <laughs> I said, why, what? Mickey? I said, I why? tell you. I said, I, I, I said, let me tell you. I said, I don't identify as black and I don't identify as white. I said, I identify with people who identify the way that I do, which is we're, we're all equal. We're all the same. We all have something we need to say. We all have something we want to accomplish. We all love each other based on merit, not on skin color, not on any of these other things. So I said, I don't understand this line of questioning, but I got to go. That is a great example of tolerating intolerance. And, and kudos for you. Kudos by, to you for that. That was the last time I ever actually spoke with her. I hope. I ho- God, I hope her name was Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> but I from figured now on it pro- will be probably yes. not. Farewell, Felicia. Farewell, Felicia, as they say oh, in the north. Farewell, Felicia. I like that. You know that's that's amazing because I've went through the same thing with friends who told me I don't suffer. Oh, when do you suffer? And I said, well, you have a nice house. You've done this. I go, I'm 50 years old. So if I haven't gotten my own shit together by then, and you've seen that as a time of a sign of not suffering, you know, you're the one with the problem. And that was my another version of me, you know, tolerating intolerance for a very short spell. Yeah, I, just said, I, I came up. Yes. So deal with it. You know, nobody gave nobody gave anybody in this room shit. You know, truth, especially our point of view. So when people say things like what your what your birth birthy birther said, and what my so-called longtime friend told me not that long ago about my suffering, and everybody in the room said, you really should shut the fuck up with that question with this guy. You know, I'd really just shut the fuck up. But no, you know. No, my mom, my bio is black, and uh, she probably would have said the same thing about Martin Luther King, the same thing. She had no appreciation, uh, you know, of what he did, who he was. Interesting. And she would have said, uh, you know, well, he was a philanderer, and there are some tapes out there that, you know. I love the carriage of, of inner justice that people seem to carry around mm-hmm. to make up for their own inability to understand compassion and humility. Well, I do see, and this might be my stereotype, but uh, a lot of the older black women in my, my town, my sphere, are bitter as fuck about, you know, people that have raised them up, mm-hmm. you know. It's weird. It's a weird vibe. I've seen that, too. I don't understand that. What do you think that is? I don't know. Because It's, it's perplexed sometimes. me all of my life, you know. Could it be that they still don't have enough? Uh, my mom makes pretty good money. And I'm not I talking think, about necessarily but I'm thinking, money. You know, I mean, as far do you as, mean love? As far as love, emotional inventory, you know, she doesn't have it. I mean, she was bounced from place to place, you know, almost like I was, you know, and she put that on us, my other siblings. Well, the only thing I can come up with myself is that is why my elders, my old, elder women in my family acted that way. I used to think it was because of me. But I realized as I got older, it wasn't because of me and my behaviors, because I had the 
opportunity to be that way. I had the opportunity to be free. Mm-hmm. I That was my take on it, that they didn't have those same opportunities, and it made them a little upset and salty. You know, but what do I know? I don't hang around salty, them long not enough. Bitter. Mom, yeah, I'm not. Bitter. No, I ain't bitter at all. I get salty. No, no, but not I, you. I'm oh, I mean, you, yeah, I know I'm what better. you. I heard yeah, what you yeah, said. Yeah. yeah, I heard what you said. They get bitter. You know, I mean, salty. You can get over it. You know, just water it down. You know, bitter. That's a long taste. You know, yeah. it's a long taste. Now, I grew up. You know, you meet somebody at a party with your parents, and then their back is turning. You know, well, so and so, you know, has a drinking problem. We you call know, those like we that. call those Southern Baptists. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't even go to church. I didn't go to church with him. You know? You know, you hear it in church, but this was like, you'd be at their house. Someone and they talk his shit shows, basically so. right in front of you. Yeah. Damn near. So, yeah. Amen to that. God bless them then. God bless your heart. Bless your heart, honey. Bless your heart. Oh, shit. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Well, I spent a little time in the South. Not a lot, because, you know, I don't like the south <laughs> but yeah i just picked up a few things when i was I like a there. little four days in nala but that's it i see you motherfuckers yeah, later no that was my limit but i think the intolerance comes from i think as we're discussing a lot of a lot of the intolerance comes from way back when you know so how do we remain tolerant when we are faced with intolerance from the outside Oh, that's a good question. Education doesn't seem to be working as as effectively as one think it would no. thinks it would. No, it's not. You can't go around punching people. You can't do that anymore. I'm f- I'm in my fifties. Any more? Any more picture? Punching has never been part of my thing. I I mean I like the bear mace approach, but even that doesn't work because it can get your license plate number when you're driving by them. So, yeah. you know that's not gonna work. You know. All right, so. But I think. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, because you're you're full of these people right now, everywhere. Um, I mean, you just take it in and you hope that you don't have to become one of them. But how full is? I mean, but you're, on the you're, other spectrum. Yeah, but your fucking bucket's got to get full sometime. And when my fucking bucket gets full, I just empty out the fucks I really didn't have anything to give about, and I save them for the tolerable intolerance in my life such as family such as my sister you know things like that you know you put them in the tolerable the the tolerable intolerant corner you know some people don't deserve that corner but a lot of people do and a lot of them we still want to want to call friends because they are still allies a lot of those people we don't agree with you know who don't see life from this point of view sometimes i don't i mean I, i hear what you're saying i don't necessarily agree with that because if they're willing to speak in an adverse way to me in terms of the shit that they're saying, let's say, let's say for instance, uh, I'm being called a libtard. Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't understand I, that either. I don't understand that. But this is somebody that I'm still going to consider an ally. This now, somebody, somebody like gonna... that has to go. Now, when they go, when you go to that yeah. level, then they got to go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I ain't, no, I don't tolerate ignorance. I mean, that's just pure ignorance. You can you can be ignorant and not know something, but if you are willfully ignorant, you can kick rocks. Thank you. You know, yeah. think willfully ignorant. Hey, you know what? I w- I do have this philosophy it, outside of what we just said. Tricky, um, willful willful ignorance has no place in my life. I don't think it has a place in any of our lives. But there's a there's there's something to be said about keeping 
some of your enemies close so you know how they think so you know where they're coming from yeah we covered yeah. anything else you want to say on it no i you know you know i'm straight <laughs> vote did you just say vote vote <laughs> changes are coming i am i do vote i vote in primaries i do vote i do vote i, I do, do vote because they let me do it now a lot of people yeah. die so we could do that it just reminds me of the Chappelle episode can black people rise up <laughs> how can black people rise up and then one of the kids one of the kids says by voting <laughs> i know and the whole room went crazy it was hysterical all right well okay, anyway, then we are at uh, about the end of this show all right then well i think that was a good topic to discuss yes it was absolutely so for the black helpline i am tricky mickey i am malcontent i'm big germ if you decide that you want to email us please do so at blackhelpline at gmail.com you can twitter at us at black helpline or you can also actually leave us a google voice message at 612-615-9636 thanks everybody thank you thank you peace